Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here. Welcome to this week's edition of This Week in Smart Home, Smart Home Week in Review, whatever you want to call it. It's for the week ending September 20th, Saturday. Today's September 19th as I'm recording this. Uh, and you know, it's been a really interesting week in Smart Home, one that comes on the tail of the, the annual conference around the Home and System Integrator Channel. In Cedia, I was there last week, as I mentioned. I was heading out. I was there last Friday and Saturday. I was on a panel and had a chance to walk around and saw some interesting things. And I was going to try to do like a full review of everything I saw, but I basically just listened to the folks over at Home Tech FM talk about it, Jason and Seth. And they actually had a much better in-depth review than I can ever do, talking about all the things on the floor. So I'll put that link in the show notes, and I would definitely recommend going to check them out. They're part of the technology.fm network. You can also find them at technology.fm. But I will say, I guess, just to sum up what I saw, um, and this isn't a unique thought to me. I think this was kind of the theme that a lot of people were talking about on the show for was basically every every big player in, in the traditional home automation space on the high end is in some way or another trying to react to what they see as a potential long-term threat from the DIY guys. And I think... At the end of the day, they're all enjoying what is a rising tide. I think Crestron's business, Savant's business, the Control 4, or Control 4 is the world, are all doing fairly well, I think, because there's just so much more interest in the smart home and home automation, and both from a, a business perspective as well as interest in them as companies, as you saw with Savant's recent news that they uh, got a large investment from KKR, a private equity firm. I think that they're doing well on both fronts. But again, when you look at what they offered at CDO, what they announced, each one of these companies had particular news that basically I saw and could be interpreted as them in some way starting to react to what I see as a burgeoning DIY and kind of a lower end smart home market. So if you look, for example, at, at Crestron, they announced their ping offering, which is a, a much lower cost. And by low cost, it's certainly not low cost in terms of uh, what you can find at retail but a much lower cost smart home system in the Crestron Ping. You could get their smart home Ping Hub for $699. That, that works with, by and large, the majority of all the different Crestron nodes and devices, and there's a lot of them out there. And so basically they offered a way for their installers to get people into a Crestron home for a much lower cost. If you look at what Savant had, they basically offered a new app, and their whole theme was at the booth, basically one smart home app controls everything. And they offered this beautiful, beautiful very nice iPad app. Their app basically allows uh, the, the integrator to very easily set up routines and, 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 and scenes and, and basically customize and work with the Savant solution, but it also gives then users some level, some ability to do some control. Now, there's actually two different modes to that. I talked to them. There's basically the, the full integrator uh, set up everything mode, and then there's the 
the end user mode, which doesn't quite unlock all the things you could do that the, the integrator can, but it gives them some level of flexibility, some level of control. And basically, it's it's an app that I think is something that makes things a lot easier to use the Savant system. It makes it much easier to set up routines and, and without a lot of high-level programming. And so I think that was interesting. And then if you look at Control 4, they basically offered uh, a solution that allows integrators to install Control 4 hardware with much less programming, much less, much less expertise. And that's what they told me. They actually said this is something that they think can allow junior-level installers to install Control 4 system. And they, they might have to bring in the, the kind of the, the expert, the, the closer, to, to finish it off. But he's going to spend a lot less time at the home installing a Control 4 system than he would have before. And so while none of these are solutions that go directly to the end user, and I don't think any of these guys have plans to do that, uh, at least today, what they're doing is basically expanding the market to make their solutions more affordable, easier to install, and have some greater ease of use. Because when you look at the DIY market, it's supposed to be so easy that even the end user can, can use it. And these solutions are basically becoming easier to use, easier to install. So it makes the installer's time spent at the home much less. It allows you to bring in people who maybe are less qualified, haven't gone through as many classes to install it. And I think all of this is just one answer for them and, and one step in this probably really interesting multi-year market battle um, as you see these markets increasingly, uh, the sectors of the market increasingly at odds with each other. So that's really kind of my, my CDA wrap-up. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to go over every single thing I saw. I actually wrote up a little week interview with some thoughts um, on, on what I saw there. And this big trend of kind of going down market, I call it the big downstroke <laughs> by the CDA crowd. Uh, in in the blog post, if you go to the Smart Home Week in Review, if you go to technology.fm, you'll see my analysis there. Uh, and probably a little more coherent in articulate format than my rambling right now. The other two big things, and again, there's there wasn't a ton of news this week, I think, in Smart Home, but the other two big things I want to talk about are first, the eye control lawsuit, which I think is really important news and could have long and deep reaching implications for the smart home services industry. And secondly, the launch by Logitech of their new smart home offering of centered around their Harmony remotes. First, the eye control news. This week, eye control basically initiated legal action against Zonoff and SecureNet for patent infringement. And they had about 10 or so patents that they, they named in the press release and in the suit. And these are, and I looked into the different patents and they're fairly wide ranging in terms of what they describe. And I encourage you, if you're really interested in the nitty gritty, you can go check those out. I'll link to it on the technology.fm wrap up in my written form. But basically I think what was interesting about this is they went after Zonoff and SecureNet and not after a lot of other players who I think could potentially be covered under their patents. And so you know, you could ask the question: Is eye control becoming a, essentially a patent troll in the in the home, in the managed home, in the home automation space, in the smart home space? I don't think so. I think what they're doing is selectively using uh, patent litigation as a cudgel, as a weapon against those players who they see directly competitive with their business model, directly competitive with their offerings. And I think you could certainly look at Zonoff and SecureNet, who both offer, you know, cloud centric managed smart home service offerings. Uh, some that may be, might be white label was on off certainly isn't offering their brand to the end consumer, but using their technology uh, for companies like Staples to offer a smart home solution. But basically the, the kind of the, the, 
the way you describe what they're doing in terms of creating a cloud-centric smart home offering is similar to what iControl could essentially describe what they're doing as. And so I think iControl saw them as a potential threat, as someone who's using a business model that's similar to theirs. And so they, they went after them. I think it's the same with SecureNet, who, who offers their managed home security offering through dealers and installers, but still it's, it's a similar type of solution. And I think iControl basically saw them as as a potential threat as well. So it's not that iControl is going after everyone. I think what they're doing is selectively picking companies, much like they did last year with Alarm.com, who they see as a threat, who they see as a company using technology and a business model specifically that is similar to theirs. And that, that's really what they're doing. I think the big deal here is, you know, if iControl has, I think, you know, I've heard some people say that they have 100 patents they've filed. Uh, and I think they said in their press release they have 30 or so patents that are relevant in, in the smart home space. Um, if they start to use these as, as a, a way, as a way to protect the businesses, and they say that they really kind of own all the IP around managed smart home services, this could have potentially wide-ranging impacts down the line. And so if you look at companies who are offering solutions here, solutions that could power smart home that are using back-end offerings or using the cloud to do so, um, they might be a potential litigant in the future with iControl. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I think it's important. You can see my write-up both at technology.fm where I kind of write specifically about this. I also did a piece over at the Next Market blog. I'll link to that, and you can check that out as well. The last piece of news I want to talk over was the Logitech news of their new smart home offering, which they are calling the which they're calling the Harmony Living Line of products. And this product line, uh, which, of course, features remote control, really they're coming at this through their – if they're coming at this through their Harmony line, that is really their universal remote brand, one that is really, really strong. If you're, if you're at all familiar with the universal remote world and what people use, Harmony, I think, is at the top of the heap in terms of the brand name that people use and recognize, and certainly in terms of market share, I think they're probably the top in universal remotes, at least on the DIY side. And so they've, they've had their remotes integrate before with things like Philips Hue, but they never have offered what they would call a smart home or home automation product line. And so this really marks a new chapter for them. And it's interesting because they basically offered their own equivalent of a hub, or they offered a hub that goes alongside their smart home that it goes along their, with their Harmony remotes. And the hub basically has Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, RF, and IR in it. And it's, their, it's the way that the remote can connect with Wi-Fi-connected smart home devices and Bluetooth-connected smart home devices. What is interesting is they didn't include Z-Wave or Zigbee in the hub. They offer an extender add-on, I believe, for about 99 bucks. Or maybe it's $129. i am not sure. I'll have to check the pricing on that. But they offer a Z-Wave and Zigbee add-on but the core hub doesn't have that. And so it tells me that they really see the smart home, much like, for example, Belkin sees the way the smart home is going. is built around Wi-Fi. Um, they also see it built around Bluetooth. And they, they'll they'll offer the add-on, but they really don't see it as central to the equation. I think that they want to be able to say that they can connect with the, you know, the large install base of Z-Wave and Zigbee products out there. But again, if they don't offer Z-Wave and Zigbee in their core device, it tells me that their their kind of primary strategy is to build build smart homes around Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and have the remote as the key interface. And they had two remotes that they offered out of the gate. The first one being the Logitech Harmony Ultimate Home, which is a touchscreen, a 2.4 inch color touchscreen device that can connect up to 15 home entertainment devices, in addition to 
the various smart home and home automation devices as well. And and this is their high-end thing. Uh, this is the high-end one that looks much like their other universal remotes, but it connects to the smart home network through the hub that they're offering with a $349, $350 purchase price. The other remote is a little bit lower-end one, allows people to get in for less cost, 150 bucks. the Harmony Home Control, which connects up to eight entertainment devices and to your home automation network through the hub. And again, I also mentioned uh, the Logitech Harmony Hub Extender, which is their Z-Wave Zigbee bolt-on device, which is actually $130. I'm looking at the price now, $130. So, you know, it's it's interesting to me um, that Logitech is getting in. I think there's someone who, and a company that people should take serious. I think certainly the hub space, as I've read before, is certainly crowded. I think that the hub category as, as, a, as a device on its own is something that over time becomes a feature in something else, much like the DVR became a feature in set-top boxes. But um, for the time being, we're stuck with them. And I think it's interesting that that Logitech is offering one. And I think their competitive differentiation, their unfair advantage here as they get into the market clearly is the fact that they're getting in through uh, the universal remote channel, getting in through those doors and saying, hey, if you want a universal remote, why not allow this remote to be the central command center for your smart home? And I think that is an interesting story. It's it's something that, you know, you can't look at a wink and you can't look at a, an iris solution and say, okay, well, there's someone I would go and buy a universal remote, universal remote from. Uh, I would do that from Logitech. And so I think this offers uh, something different and it's a little bit differentiated and we'll see how it does. But I definitely think it's it's interesting that a big uh, brand in, in the form of Logitech now has entered the market and we'll see how, how they do. Well, that's it for my smart home wrap up uh, today. Again, this week I'm going slow. I didn't have time to book a guest. It's been a fairly busy week. And we'll see if we can get a guest in next week. Uh, I'm also hopefully publishing another podcast today, another episode of the Smart Home Show. And if anyone who's been listening to the show knows, I'm willing, if anything, I'm willing to experiment with the format and do different things in my adventures to explore the Smart Home universe. And I did something interesting. I, I had a conversation with a guy named Mason Lawler who basically emailed me and pitched me an idea for an Indiegogo uh, for our new home security system that he was going to put out to the market. And I basically gave him some feedback and I, I gave him kind of some tough love feedback on what I thought uh, he was doing. I'm increasingly viewing crowdfunding campaigns as ideas and oftentimes products that oftentimes need tweaking before they go to market. And he basically made his pitch and I said, you know, th- this is what I think you can improve on. This is where I think you're falling short. And he, you know, we had a back and forth an email and I said, Hey, why don't you come on the smart home show and pitch Pitch your pitch your idea to me and kind of convince the analyst. And I actually think maybe a better idea is to call it a Smart Home Shark Tank, where he basically pitches to me what he wants to do, and I'll give him feedback. And that's what we did. And uh, I think you'll find this really interesting. Again, uh, the device is called Smart Kit. What he's he's bringing to market in his Indiegogo campaign. His name's Mason Lauer. Super nice guy. And I, I don't think I was too rough on him. And uh, if if you want to listen to that, check it out. It'll be in a follow-on episode to the Smart Home Show. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf. As always, uh, I'd appreciate uh, subscribing. If you want to subscribe to the Smart Home Show, you can find out where to do that at technology.fm slash the Smart Home Show. If you're feeling generous, uh, give us a nice review in iTunes or send some kind words. If you want to email me, email me at the Smart Home Show at gmail.com. I read all my emails. And if you have any comments or anything you want to read on air, uh, feel free to do that. We'll try that out as well. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.